Good morning and happy Tuesday morning to you. It is October 24th, 7 a.m. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. We are so happy to be with you this morning. And, uh, well, let's pray. I've got a, a few announcements I want to share with you this morning, and we'll get to that as soon as we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sin, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so what is it we want to say this morning? Well, there's a lot of things we want to say, but first and foremost, I want to call your attention to something I missed while I was out of town. You know, I told you yesterday was going to be catch-up day. So last week on Wednesday, the Holy Father, at the end of his general audience, announced a day of prayer and fasting for an end to the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, The Holy Father said, I have decided to call for a day of fasting and prayer on Friday, October 7th. It will be a day of penance to which I invite sisters and brothers of the various Christian denominations, those belonging to other religions, and all those who have at heart the cause of peace in the world to join in as they see fit. So for more on uh, what the Holy Father said about this, you can. there's a, a nice article at Catholic News Agency. If you just search Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis, prayer fasting for peace, uh, it should pop up right away, and you can read more about that. But what does that mean? Well, Didymus would call and say that I that I uh, I coddle you all too much, but I, I don't want to coddle you today. Uh, prayer and fasting, you know, uh, prayer. What what are the specific prayers? We're going to have first Friday prayers a week from Friday, and let's think about some of the things we do with that. That we we start with prayer in the morning with our morning offering. We add some additional prayers to that. We always on our schedule here on Covenant Network pray the Rosary at ten a.m. We pray the Chaplet at three. Um, what are the other prayers you can put in the day? Maybe every two hours you can do some prayer, go to Mass, go to a holy hour, pray more than one set of mysteries of the rosary. Last week on Tuesday, while we were driving down to Birmingham, we prayed all four sets. It was wonderful. It was actually a great way, by the way, to break up the drive. It had a secondary benefit, Um, but, you know, it it was something simple that we could easily do, something we could easily do. So, And then for fasting, listen, do as much as you're able to do. Do as much as you are able to do. And uh, you're, you're going to know what that is. I don't know what that is, but you're going to know. And, you know, they like to say, I like to say, for those who can do more, do more, you know, because there's some who are not able to fast for medical reasons or whatnot. So you fast for them. Do a little bit more. Go a little bit farther. Do a little bit extra. Today on the show, we are going to be here again from Doug Berry. We're revisiting these Marian apparitions on the importance of prayer, especially for peace. And then we are going to hear from Matt Swaim, who we had a chance to sit down with at the EWTN Catholic Radio Conference last week in Birmingham, Alabama, where, by the way, he did present to me two cans of Skyline Chili and some oyster crackers for my enjoyment. They're gonna, it's going to taste great because it is sweetened with the taste of cardinal victory over the Reds. But before we get to any of that, let's get a saint of the day. 
This is the feast day of St. Anthony Marie Claret, founder of the Missionary Sons of the Immaculate Heart, the Claritians. Born in Spain in 1807, Anthony was the fifth of eleven children born to Juana Josefa and grew up in a family that had a special devotion to Our Lady, often making pilgrimages to a nearby shrine. At the age of 20, he started his working life as a weaver, but on his own time studied Latin and printing, skills which would later serve him and the rest of us very well. By the time he was 22, Anthony felt called to the religious life and, in 1829, entered the diocesan seminary where he was ordained in 1835 on the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua, June 13th. He'd wanted to become a missionary, so tried to become a Jesuit priest, but poor health got in the way, so Anthony turned to preaching and giving missions across Spain and for a time in the Canary Islands for the next 10 years, and along the way treated the sick worked to help the poor, and drew huge crowds everywhere he went. In 1849, he formed the Missionary Sons of the Immaculate Heart, the Claritians, and also founded a great religious library now known as Libraria Claret. Anthony himself was a prolific writer, authoring over 200 books and founding a Catholic publishing house. In 1850, he was made Archbishop of Santiago, Cuba. There, he brought reform, new life to a fading church, built hospitals, schools, and libraries. But against his wishes, he was called back to Spain to serve as chaplain for Queen Isabella and then forced into exile with her in Paris in 1868 during the Revolution. Anthony was an important part of the First Vatican Council, where he was an articulate and passionate defender of the doctrine of infallibility. He died on this day in 1870. St. Anthony Marie Claret, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a great day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Yesterday we said that we were going to start revisiting a series of segments we aired with Doug Berry a little over a year, year and a half ago, on Marian apparitions of the past hundred years. Why? Well, because of precisely what's going on in the world. And the Blessed Mother has been warning us about the peril of ignoring the Father's will and what the Father wants us to do and trying to go out on our own and do our own thing. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that today through this apparition of Our Lady of All Nations. We are talking with Doug Barry about Marian apparitions of the past 100 years. Yesterday, we spoke about Our Lady of Fatima and the important message of praying your rosary every day. Doug, today we're talking about Our Lady of All Nations, which if I'm being honest, I have to say this is an apparition I do not know too much about. Mm. This is an apparition that kind of comes out of left field for people, anybody who's really paid any attention to Marian apparitions. You know, we know about Fatima, we know about Our Lady of Guadalupe, 1531, we hear of Our Lady of La Salette, you know, we hear of these really very prominent ones. Our Lady of Lourdes is a powerful one. But in the last hundred years, there's a consistency to Our Lady's messages. And again, I speak of the church-approved apparitions. I have nothing against some of the others out there that are still being investigated, but obviously the church-approved ones are the ones we are safest to always lean on. And Our Lady of All Nations is something that a lot of people don't know a lot about. It has an interesting connection to another very famous apparition as well. But Our Lady of All Nations took place in starting around 1945, late 40s into the early 50s. And this woman, Ida Perdeman, in Amsterdam, received hundreds of messages from Our Lady and Our Lord. Now, in essence, we're just going to boil it down to one key point here. Well, before I do that, I'll say this. Ida Perdeman was just a very matter-of-fact woman, from what they say. She was not a, an emotional drama queen. She was not someone seeking attention. 
She didn't have much for social media platform back then. In fact, nobody did. Okay, so this was a time you're talking 1945 ish. You know, we had just come out of World War II, and this woman in Amsterdam is just visiting one day with a priest and some others there in the room, and she just goes into this moment. And this is really the beginning of this transformation that starts to take place for her. And the spiritual moment that happens to her where Our Lady appears to her culminates in, again, hundreds of apparitions and messages overall. And it amounts to this, that if the world does not respond to a call for conversion, the world will face a cataclysmic event worse than the war you just experienced. Okay, so they just came out of World War II. No one in their right mind could even fathom the idea that there would be another event worse than World War II. This was by far the worst war we had ever experienced in the world. Concentration camps to Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the invention of the jet, uh, jet propulsion, which, you know, fighter jets, all of this was just magnificently, overwhelmingly scary. So to hear this message that a cataclysmic event worse than this. Now, other points came out too. At one point in vision, she sees a crack in the earth that splits from the Middle East and goes around the entire earth, which years later, many believe is this, the rise in terrorism. Just as of recent, we saw what happened in the church on Pentecost in Nigeria. These types of things where 50 or more of our Catholic brothers and sisters lost their lives and the priest was kidnapped. She sees these images back in the late 40s, early 50s that are shown to her, a rise in natural disasters, a rise in different areas of wars, where these things would again continue to rise up because it would all be people departing from God's grace. So Ida Perdiman and Our Lady of All Nations, all about warning once again from Our Lady. So as we talk about Fatima, last time we're talking about many years later, she comes again and says to the world once again, if you do not respond to my call, again, pray the rosary, get to confession, be faithful to my son, you will find yourself in even more cataclysmic events. I think of the pop song that says, you can go your own way, and certainly we can, but right. Our Lady is definitely telling us, if you go your own way and not God's way, you're not going to like what happens next. And you know, we can't take these Marian apparitions, it sounds like, on an individual basis. Our Lady of Fatima tells us of the end of World War One, but warns us of World War II. Mm -hmm. We can't imagine anything worse than World War II. And here comes Our Lady of All Nations right. saying, no, it can be worse if you don't convert. So a very serious message yeah. for us today. And Doug, it sounds like, again, that great tool for conversion, the mm -hmm. daily rosary. That's it. It all boils down to that. Again, I got to emphasize, I don't care how you feel. I pray it every day. I don't always feel that moment. We don't always get that. In fact, rarely do we. That doesn't matter. Pray it because it is a powerful spiritual weapon in the hands of Our Lady, and God uses it to fight against evil, and that's something we all need to be engaged in. All right, Doug Barry, thanks for this wonderful conversation on Our Lady of All Nations. I look forward to continuing tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. You know, that's a message that you hear a little bit of the turmoil that happened when Doug and I recorded that just over a year, a year and a half ago, and yet uh, today we have our own turmoil, as we said yesterday, all the more reason for us to be praying the rosary. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. 
You know, there are some programs on the radio that are so good, you need some time to come down. You need something to take you down from that high and back to the real world. And that's why Roadmap to Heaven is on after the Sunrise Morning Show, because Matt Swaim and Annie Mitchell do such a great job with radio that you need a little decompression time after they come off the air. But today you're not going to get that because Matt Swaim's with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. We're at the EWTN Catholic Radio Conference. What a wonderful couple days it's been, Matt. It really has, seeing all these people face-to-face who you normally only get to hear their voices on the radio and uh, all the great affiliates who are putting on Catholic Radio around the country, including the Covenant Network. And you and the Holman family and everybody who's been making that happen in the heartland. You guys have been doing it for so long. It's just a great thing to, to have these cool opportunities to see you all in person. Yeah, we're privileged. My, my wife was able to uh, tag along. And we were in line, and she goes, this guy you're talking to, his voice is really familiar. Who is that? And I'm like, that's Matt Swain. Oh, yeah, I listened to him on the radio before your show. So, Matt, we're, we're driving on a bus yesterday. We're, we're coming back from our retreat day out at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville. It's absolutely beautiful, spending some time with our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament. And I couldn't help but notice a little church on the way back. I don't even remember what denomination it was. It wasn't Catholic. But there on the sign, it just said, all are welcome. You, you are welcome here. And I've been thinking about the work you do with the Coming Home Network and uh, a lot of the questions we've been talking about, Eucharistic Revival these past few years. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, it's great that everybody's welcome. But I don't think that's the issue with why people aren't showing up is that someone said, you know, there's an overwhelming number of people that say I don't feel welcome. I, I think what we're running into is an overwhelming number of people who say I just don't care anymore. But you work in the trenches with people who are coming home, whether it's a reversion to the faith or a conversion to the Catholic faith. And I'd say it's probably more of that one, right? Uh, What is it, this is a loaded question, but what is it that's bringing people home to the faith? Well, first of all, thank you for asking a three-hour question in a limited time. (laughs) It is a complicated question. You know, there is no one thing that is bringing people back. Um, What's interesting is, you know, we as Catholics tend to, you know, have sort of a programmatic mindset. They're like, what's the program that we can do? What's the uh, the campaign we can run that will really, like, get things going? And usually it has to do with something that bothers us about the church. Like, what's this, what's a flaw that we see in the church? If we just fix this thing, people would come back. And w- what you find is that what actually brings people back is the weird stuff. Like, the really weird stuff. Like, someone has, like, a weird, messed-up dream, and it just bothers them for, like, a week, right? Or somebody is, uh, you know, hearing a song on the radio, and it triggers a memory. Or they watch a movie, and something happens, and it, it causes them. Or somebody uh, who's not even Catholic says something that shakes a foundation of something that they assumed. And that could be something they assumed as an agnostic or something they assumed as an evangelical, something that shakes their foundation in what they thought the world was like. And so... What I've found uh, in the course of this is that the the most important thing you can do in evangelization is sort of listen to where that thing is happening and like keep your ear to the ground for when that is going on in somebody's world. Because, like I say, people come to us from every background you could possibly imagine. Uh, a lot of people know us for the fact that we work with Protestant pastors who are doing this, and, and it could be any number of reasons that people people from that world come to us, but it is amazing. Uh, you know, some people will come to us because they have some sort of odd experience that has a Marian character to it. And they know that the Catholic church is the place that has like something Marian to it. Other people, Mary is like the last big hurdle they got to get over, right? Some people uh, are really interested in 
they look around at like the 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 moral disarray in the in the culture, and they're like, "Well, I'm eating organic food, and I'm doing all these other things in a natural way. Why am I treating marriage as this thing full of like artificial, you know, stuff?" And then they realize the Catholic Church has this really freeing teaching. Other people, that's the last thing that they got to get over because it's the hardest thing for them to reckon with is the church's moral teaching on on how marriages should operate. So, what you kind of have to do is. You sort of have to like just keep your ear to the ground. You know, people. I, I'm sure that people ask you this all the time. You know, my friend is away from the church. What book can I give them? Well, I'm like, you can't give them a book, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to read it. You can read a book yourself and maybe help to understand what they're thinking better. But um, listening is one of the most important and overlooked parts of the whole evangelization process. How are you supposed to know what kind of answer to give someone if you haven't let them talk long enough to let you know what their questions are? I love that quote. Uh talk to God more about Augustine than to Augustine about God. You know, and, and sometimes I remind myself of that, that, you know, who, who is the one that actually saves souls? Well, it's not me. Who's the one that actually brings conversions about? Again, not me. I'm, I'm just a tool, God willing, in the hand of the, uh, the master. And uh, I'm okay with that, by the way. But what, one of the things that we often hear, and it, it's always made me sad, is, well, you know, if the church would just change your teaching, on this, then I'd be Catholic. You know, more people would be Catholic. But here's the thing: that's that's often an excuse. Yeah. Anybody who says that, you know, I would uh, I'd be Catholic if they just did X differently or whatever. If the church actually did do that differently, they'd be like, oh well, there's this other thing that they've got to yeah. change to. Like it's the goalposts keep moving. You know, part of it, I think, also is that we don't do a good job of of letting people know that this is the best thing going. Right? We don't live. I mean. We had a we had a guest. Uh, she was a former AME minister, and she came into the church. And she was on the journey home recently, and uh, she was like, "What are you, what's the look on your face when you come out of mass? If somebody drove past your parish and saw you walking out of mass and saw the the demeanor that with which you walked out of your church, would people be like, I gotta go in there, or would they be like, those people look miserable, <laughs> right? It's yeah. those little things that you don't even think about. Like if that it looks like it is life giving, then people will figure out some of the details and work through those." I love that. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase venerable servant of God, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, that, you know, there are any number of people who hate what they think the Catholic Church is, but really very few that know what she teaches and then actually hate it. Sometimes that's exactly it, that it's, you know, well, I, I, I understand that the church believes this because of that. And it's like, well, actually, no, that's, let's, let's clarify here. Uh, here's what we believe. Here's why we believe it. I don't know, you know, I grew up Catholic, so I, I, I didn't have a coming home. I've just always been home. And a lot of the time it was just, well, this is what we believe. Don't ask why. You know, we don't ask why. We just, here's what we believe. But really the, the richness of what we believe isn't so much in the what as it is the why we believe what we believe. You know, why do we teach this about marriage? Why do we teach this about uh, the unitive and procreative aspects of the marital embrace. Why do we teach this about capital punishment? Why do we teach this about uh, social doctrine, about our response to the poor, about how we view any number of things in the world? And and the beauty is in the why. Yeah. Well, and the the what and the why only makes sense in light of the who, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's really ultimately it. Like. I mean, you think about uh, Peter's words to Jesus in John 6, you know, when he gets this bomb dropped on him about, you know, the Eucharist, uh, Peter's not like, all right, I believe it and I understand it. Let's go. He's like, 
I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, he has a, he has an experience with the who, and he has been confronted with the what and doesn't understand the why, but because he trusts the who. To whom shall we go? Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And what's what's interesting too, and this this happens all the time with people who have the quote unquote reversion experience, um, is that they'll say and and. We get these comments on our on our videos all the time uh, from evangelicals born again who will say, you know, I was raised Catholic for 15 years and then I found Jesus and, you know, this born again experience. I'm like, well, then we dropped the ball because you should have experienced him at mass because he's there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever we did didn't cultivate the kind of experience for them to to really clue into the reality of what was happening. So that's a big part of it, too. Right. Uh, helping people understand if, if you're having that encounter with Christ, then you're not going to walk away for a latte somewhere else, or you're not going to stay home on a Sunday morning if you've had that encounter. So, um, I mean, I think a lot of time we talk about this as though, you know, people left because they didn't have enough information and that might be true to an extent, right? Uh, cause there's, there's a whole bunch of people who just plain old don't know, live their whole life in the Catholic church and just don't know any of this stuff. But really a lot of people who leave, they leave because they haven't had like a real live encounter with Christ. And if they had a real life encounter with Christ, it doesn't matter how much or little information they have. That's where they're going to be, right? That's where they're going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, think of those people in the Gospels, especially they have that encounter with Christ so often through a healing miracle. And, you know, the questions we don't read about. I, I love the one of, don't tell anyone about this, so what does he do? He runs and he tells, he tells everybody. Come, come and see Jesus of Nazareth and what he did for me. And they're like, well, weren't you blind? Well, yeah, I was. But, well, didn't you do this? Yeah. And they don't say, well, what did he teach? And and he doesn't come, come hear the teachings of the guy that made me able to see. Yeah, but what he says, that. He, you know what he says? He says, I don't know any of this stuff that you're talking about. Well, one thing I know, I was blind and now I see, right? He had this encounter, right? Uh, and... and you know, sometimes I wonder if we fixate so much on the catechesis and forget. So, you know, there's the what, and we can fixate on the why to the exclusion of the who, right? right. The, uh, there's, there's all kinds of traps and errors. But, you know, it kind of comes back to this whole question of truth and beauty and goodness, right? If it's going to connect us to God, it's going to be true and it's going to be good and it's going to be beautiful. And sometimes we can focus on the truth and, you know, gloss over the other stuff. Sometimes we can just say, oh, if we just make it beautiful, people will come and forget about the truth or the goodness. Sometimes we focus on the goodness and say, well, if we just, you know, do good works, people will be compelled by that. Well, all those things work, but they work best when they're all together, right? right? Because they are one in Christ, the truth and the beauty and the goodness. I love it. I love it. It's not an either or. It's a no. both and, really an all three. A three, three of a kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that always beats a pair. Or, or a single tenace for the poker players out there. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Matt, it, it's always a joy to talk with you on Roadmap to Heaven. For those of you that like uh, the Sunrise Morning Show, which I hope is all of you, it's a great program. It's a great way to start off the day. If you still have the alarm clock that can wake you up with the radio, I would set it to the Sunrise Morning Show if I were you. And maybe your phone or, or your smart device can do that too. But we carry it weekday mornings on Covenant Network, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Central Time. It's a great way to start out the morning. And every now and then, every now and then, You'll hear a little bit from Covenant Network on that Sunrise we shout Morning Show. Try, try and shout out the, the affiliate friends, you know, usually over sports, right? Yeah, yes. well, we won't talk about that. It's been a bad year for both of us, but at least <laughs> it's been rough. At least we have hockey season coming yeah, up in well, St. Louis. you got a hockey team, we got a football team, you know, yeah. so there it is. All right. Well, Matt, it's always a joy to speak with you. Give our best to Annie, and uh, we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. 
This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty is sharing with us inspiration from saints who are children. And Patty, on this Tuesday, what saint will we learn about? Well, you know, this whole week, what I really want to do is just share the stories of these saints. Help us to grow in our knowledge and love of the saints. And I just focused on children's saints. So yesterday was St. Dominic Savio. Maybe you knew about him. Maybe you didn't. Today is St. Tarsisius. Now, it's kind of hard to say his name, St. Tarsisius. He was a 12-year-old acolyte during one of the fierce Roman persecutions in the 3rd century. So a long, long time ago. But his story is so amazing. So each day, from a secret meeting place in the catacombs where Christians gathered for Mass, a deacon would normally be sent to the prisons to carry the Eucharist to those Christians who were condemned to die. At one point... There was no deacon to send. And so Tarsisius was sent to carry the Eucharist to those in prison. Again, he was 12 years old. On the Appian Way, he was stopped by boys his own age who were not Christian. They beat him to death. He was buried in the catacombs of St. Callistus. And in the 4th century, Pope St. Damasus wrote a poem about this boy martyr of the Eucharist and said that like another St. Stephen, he suffered a violent death rather than give up the sacred body of our Lord into the hands of a mob. Tarsisius is one of the patron saints of altar boys and of first communicants. He is an example of youthful courage and devotion. So I want to encourage you to tell these stories of courage and devotion to your children and grandchildren. And St. Tarsisius, pray for us that we may have that belief in the real presence and the devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist as you did. His is a story that I've heard before, but Patty, I want to thank you for sharing him with me and with our listeners, the story of St. Tarsisius here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. I am really excited for this coming Friday for a couple of reasons. One, we're going to have a very special roadmap roundup with some Knights of Columbus. Gabe Jones and friends will be here with us Friday morning to do a special Memento Mori edition of the roundup where we'll talk about preparing for death, we'll talk about keeping the Catholic roots and celebrations like Halloween, we'll talk about evangelization and more, and maybe we'll even have a bonus for our podcast listeners. I am also uh, excited for Friday. This may sound weird. I'm excited to have another day of prayer and fasting because I think it's great to have these reminders. As we heard once again today in our Marian Apparition conversation with Doug Berry, Prayer and fasting, especially the sacraments, the rosary, and fasting are a powerful, powerful tool that our Lord has given us, that God has given us to draw closer to him. And so if you missed the top of the show, the Holy Father last week while I was down in Alabama at his Wednesday Journal audience called for this coming Friday, October 27th, to be a day of prayer and fasting, just like we had last week, Tuesday. And so uh, for those who are able to do a lot, please do a lot of fasting. And for those who are able to do a lot of praying, please do a lot of praying. This isn't, okay, what did Adam Wright do and what did you do? This is, what did we do? What did we as a church? I mean, it's good for us each to focus on what we're doing, but let's all do our part. Let's all do as much as we can 
and collectively as a church, going to the Blessed Mother for her intercession to get us closer to the Father and to pray for peace. That's that's a wonderful thing. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.